14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat. Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hungered in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. Meet Ed, movie buff, animal lover, safe driver. Five years of driving an ambulance teaches you a thing or two. If people knew what I know, lives could be saved. When I see a car trying to rush past a turning bus, I get concerned. You see, when big vehicles turn right, they have to swing wide to make the turn. And that's a lesson you don't want to learn the hard way. When trucks and buses turn, let's you and I wait. It's It's our roads. It's It's our safety. Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through Grove Point Financial, member FINRA SIPC, Grove Point Financial, and Kelchin Associates are unaffiliated companies. And folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. And we are here. It is Saturday. I'm Tom King in the studio with Merle Kelch, Kelch and Associates in Wausau. To take your financial questions, 715-845-2155 is the number to call. And the phone lines are wide open right now. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning. How are you? Hanging in there. Well. All right. Getting ready to hunker down. with yellow uh, shirt so you can see where I was today. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bright. Well, yeah. It, well, I'm like the sun when I'm you know, this large <laughs> and uh, we're in this color. So I've been having... I've been having um, burning eyes from this this air the smoke and particles that are oh, yeah. in the air from mm-hmm. the fires out west i mean the b- back of my throat and my eyes so that's really helping my <laughs> eyes this morning i appreciate that it's kind of funny the bolt the, the the burning that's going out there true story my neighbor comes up to me the other day and we came home from a dinner appointment we had and he goes hey merle you smoke it tonight i said no he goes man i smell smoke in the air i said it's coming from canada he just paused from Oh, yeah. They're all watching this house. I'm not really sure if it did or not, but it's all kind of funny. Man. That's where this supposedly is coming from. Yeah, they got to get that handled, man, because it's getting bad out there. But we are inside now, and so we can take your financial questions. Um, I, there was a headline on Market Watch you wanted to touch on this morning about uh, it's the old question, that the, the age-old question, whenever a market is going up, 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 somebody will always come out and say, well, we're close we're to the peak. We're the close to the peak. Apart. The bear market is right yeah, around yeah, the corner, yeah, yeah. and wanting so, people to you know maybe think about taking some money off the table so this so this article pops up a number of things folks um uh, pops up a number of things of questions been asking to me colleagues of mine this past week asking questions you know and opinions and thoughts articles and that whole bit so if i drag on please call and save us from the show as otherwise you might hear a thump which is probably going to be tom's forehead hitting the desk on the way down if i start talking about too much economic stuff because you know, folks, he loves economy or <laughs> economics. Okay, I, so. I actually got a good grade in my high school economics class. Did you? Yeah, we, we had we had uh, we had pretend you know investments. We we had to put together a portfolio. Unfortunately, I didn't follow any of that stuff when I got out of school. I started making yeah. money. Unfortunately, that's where I am. That's where I'm sitting where I am now. But uh, we went to the Federal Reserve in Minneapolis on a school trip. Saw a million dollars, and you could have been a good right-handed man, but no, you saw a million dollars that was that was uh, shredded up into a cube. I remember that. Oh wow, that's <laughs> impressive. Anyway, 
So anyway, Mark Hulbert has an article out there. It says, here's another sign that the bull market is near the peak. And this bears watching is the title of his article. And it's a pretty good article, but let me give you the, the, the cliff notes of it. So we go back to 1970, of course, which was kind of the beginning of everything that happened towards the end of the 70s and all the problems we had with interest rates and the economy shutting off in the, uh, the 80s, uh, late 70s, early 80s. So in 1970, what they found is that there was a, um, a three-month trailing as far as sectors go. And when that three-sector tr- uh, three trailing um, returns happened, it, it points to a slowdown in the economy. Um, and I actually understand it, and I can uh, actually tell you why, uh, but I just don't think that it's right yet. And let me show you what I mean. So typically we have uh, energy materials, industrials, and financials, and utilities all slowing down about at the same time over a three-month trailer tends to point towards a slowdown or a peak in the marketplace or even a recessionary event, if you will. And one of the reasons for this, if we take typically energy, uh, financials, and utilities, they all tend to have a real effect with a rising interest rate environment. And, and why is that? Well, uh, things that fight inflation are rising interest rates. So with that being the case, the marketplace itself right now is doing something very capitalistic, and I really love seeing what's happening. I don't know if I necessarily like the end result at the moment. So right now the Federal Reserve is not fighting inflation. is leaving interest rates the same. So guess what the market is doing? The market is actually fluctuating and pushing interest rates up now by itself, thinking, well, geez, maybe we need to start moving more money into other areas, and it's forcing up interest rates. And so we're seeing bond prices coming down, which, by the way, is not necessarily a bad thing if you're looking to buy some bonds for the long term. But what also ends up working the same way is typically utilities, and then energy stocks tend to get lumped into it as well, in a sense that utilities tend to pay out a very fixed dividend, and owning that fixed dividend, it acts much, much like a bond would, and so, therefore, in a rising interest rate environment, we see utilities and much of the energy companies tend to do the same type of an issue. Um, so materials industrials, those in the 70s, of course, went down because of lack of business. Today, it's because we have lack of workers, essentially, for uh, an easy term at the end. So we start putting all this stuff together, though on paper it looks like it's the peak of the marketplace and we have a recessionary event coming. And I'm not saying it's not, by the way, um, but I think it's, it's a little bit off because, again, we shut an economy off, folks, globally. We've never done that before. And we're trying to turn it back on and see how it plays out um, as we turn up. But I think we need to have a, a few years of uh, maybe more normal employment and this type of stuff to ascertain where we are as far as an economic cycle. My opinion was because we just artificially threw ourselves into a recession. We're coming back to a growth economy. But again, inflation and potentially stagflation is the issue. What kind of uh, monkey wrench is the Delta variant in this big surge in COVID-19 cases around the country and around the world, for that matter, going to throw into all of this? Apparently, at this point in time, none. Um, that We don't see any slowing down happening as a result of it. Um, essentially, it's coming down to the point, and we all knew it was going to come here, and I don't know if this is it or not, where it's going to come to and say, okay, the vaccine's available. If you're getting it now, it's because you want to get it. Um, uh, so, and I think that's what's turning around because many people who've been vaccinated or people who have already had COVID and been through it are saying, you know, you're going to get sick. So this is a pandemic, not of the, the country. It's a pandemic of the people who didn't get vaccines, essentially. I'm not saying that there's some people who didn't have vaccines or didn't get it or getting it as well, but the percentage is enormously small. Mm-hmm. So this is a pandemic for people who didn't get it. So if you want to get sick, don't get vaccinated. It's, it appears the way it's going. And I'm not saying that right or wrong, but that's the way the marketplace is taking it. Um, right down to the to companies, businesses, 
companies, the government saying, if you don't get vaccinated, you have to leave because they don't want to have a shutdown of the business again. Um, I'm not saying I agree or disagree with it, but I understand where they're coming from. Do you agree or disagree with it the, that the private businesses have the right to tell people they need to get vaccinated so the business doesn't have to shut down and the business doesn't have to go into Interesting. this? We had a big conversation with an HR person last night, um, and they said, you know, we'd love to do that and say, you know, we want to have continuity in business and being able to supply our products and our widgets to customers. Um, we'd love to go through and tell people, if you're not going to get vaccinated, you're fired. We're going to get rid of you. The problem is we don't have any employees to hire them back. And so they're having to deal with that. Um, I think it would make sense if I owned a business with a whole bunch of employees to say, you got to get vaccinated. Well, there um, are a lot of major um, businesses that yeah, are doing that. Um, you have to get vaccinated because if we have a third of our people shut down, the business shuts down, none of us have jobs. So it's either you or everybody uh, get vaccinated or you're, or you're out. Um, I, I don't know if you do incentive programs or you do something of this nature. I know, was it the uh, one of the governments said if you're not going to be vaccinated, you're going to be tested twice a week with a nasal thing going up there. And they, I think they're going to use 16-inch nasal swabs, and they had to go up to the knuckle. <laughs> make it as uncomfortable as well, possible, well, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know, you, yeah. Can't, you can't force them, but maybe if you do, make it you know feel as bad as possible. You know, so I so I don't have an answer for that. But if I wanted business continuity, you got to get vaccinated. So that was, would be how I look at this. So we have a, a thing that's interesting that's coming up, Tom, and I don't know if we hit it. I hope that we don't. But um, there's going to be a cross section of coming up of inflation. And when inflation goes up, how you combat inflation, of course, is by rising interest rates. So when you increase the interest rates, it slows down the economy, and it could very well drive down growth. And so if we have a growth getting driven down, and we have an inflation going up, and yes, I'm actually drawing charts to get this right on my paper, folks, <laughs> um, it forces us into stagflation. And Those we are called visual aids. For a long time. Well, I think it's because I'm just old and I can't remember stuff in right. my head like I used to. Right, right, right. Um, but we have that all coming along with at the same time, um, we have uh, the current administration talking about taxes going up. And we have all this put together. Uh, it eerily sounds like the Carter administration at the end. Um, we had a time that we were having, an est we were having a slowdown in the government. Um, at that same particular point in time, we had inflationary pressures peeking their head up through the roof. Um, and then, of course, as, as many uh, uh, administrations do that are on the Democratic side, they dramatically increase taxes. When it all happened together, it took Volcker to increase interest rates so high to kill the economy so that we could bring it back. Again. One thing we don't have that, so, that happened in those days, though, is, uh, is a shortage of energy. I mean, we've got plenty we of energy. Have a shortage of energy, but we have certainly energy prices going up. So we'll see. I hope that we don't have this. I, I hope that we get it straightened out so inflation starts coming back. By the way, I'm having a conversation with somebody who's in the building industry. Wood prices are coming back quite a bit. Um, now, I don't know if it's a two-by-four at Home Depot. They're probably buying it a bit different when you're buying stuff for a whole project. Um, uh, but hopefully we have that. Hopefully taxes hold off a little bit, um, and it keeps inflation and uh, growth continues on as we have more people coming back to work. And so I hope that we don't have all those in things intersecting. All right, we're going to take a break here. Phone lines are open. If you have a question from Earl, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom. I work harder than anybody. But our newsroom operates 24-7 all year long. Because the news never stops. And neither do we. Catch up on what's going on. Both local and global. Say la vie. Central Wisconsin's News Talk 550 and 99.9 WSAU-FM. And we're back in the studio. I'm Tom King, Merle Kelch, Kelch & Associates in Wausau. Phone lines are open, 715-845-2155. So if people read that article that we were talking about where some people believe that we are near a peak and there's going to be an adjustment, 
how do they adjust their portfolio to avoid the big bounce? Yeah. You know, Tom, we've talked about it so many times. Um, is the stock market too high? And my always answer is, well, I'm not sure if it's too high, but I'm happy it's at the highest. The stock market is going to always go up. The question is, is it the underlying economy supporting where the stock market is? That's always the question. So if the stock market is, well, new record high, fantastic, we're growing, this is awesome. Um, but is the underlying economy holding it up? At this particular point in time, I think the desire for the economy to going up, but the GDP is going up and it's probably holding it. We're probably a little bit overvalued, quite honestly. Uh, but at this particular point in time, the economy and the potential of the economy moving forward because of all the cash we have out there continues to keep driving it at this point in time. So this article says that there's things that are happening inside of the economy as far as industrials that are lagging as far as their growth um, that are pointing there's the, the economy could be slowing down. That might be true. We don't know. Um, if it was 15 years ago, 10 years ago, even five years ago, I'd say, well, maybe we're starting to slow down. We're going to have a recessionary event coming up. But at this particular point in time, after shutting the economy off and turning it on, I don't know. Um, we don't know if that's the case. It could be true. It could be not. My opinion would be is as we get employment back, we should reassess this again somewhere in December or January and say, how does it look at that point in time? Because right now it's just too soon to know. Um, so in reading the articles, though he is accurate in what he says, his numbers are true, but the, uh, the circumstances are completely different than a normal economy or economic cycle. It's been completely disrupted. We threw it off on purpose, which has never been done before in humankind. Um, and as a result of that, then, we don't know how it's going to start itself back up again. Even if we look back at 2007 and 2008, our economy went into shambles, but it was because of a problem. So that turned into a recessionary event because there was a problem. We found out what the problem was. Largely, we corrected the problem as an economy, and it brought us back again in somewhat of a normal way. It was a little bit more predictable. This one, I just don't think we have the predictability. We've never done this before. Pretty good jobs report on Friday. That certainly uh, bodes well. It turned out pretty well. Um, what's interesting is some of the reading that I'm had pointing out, and, and Tom, you may not like this part, but it appears that a lot of the jobs came from the places where they said, all right, your unemployment numbers are shut off, and you're not getting the extra unemployment boost anymore. And it looks like that's where a lot of the jobs came back. We'll have more information on that as we come around throughout the course of the next month or so. But it looks like that's where a lot of the jobs came from. So if that were the case, that would mean that we should just shut it off and get people back to work. Maybe it's better staged. Who knows? Um, but that's the direction what did happen, it appears. Um, and so that worked. Well, fantastic. We got people back to work, and I'm happy to see that. we got to get the supply line filled. There, there, yeah, there was, uh, there was a story I just read this morning that says there are still a million more jobs than there are people available to fill them. And I'm not talking about unemployed people that are just, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the old stereotype of sitting at home collecting a check, and I'm not quite sure how many of those there are, but – they're saying there are a million more jobs than there are actual people to fill them. Sure. How do you, how do you fix something like that? What's, Tom, I swear have to more God, children. Right now we're I having the same conversation we had last night. Ha have more children, I suppose, right? Do we, do well, we... Tom, get on it. I mean, uh, <laughs> a little well, late for me. I have to know that's not going to be <laughs> happening. But I mean, uh, are, are we just going to be in a, in, a, in a population situation where we're always going to be in this situation now for a long period of time? Probably. Um, you know, so how does an economy like, react to that? How does the economy have, adjust have, to that? We have to have immigrants coming in. There's no doubt about it. Uh, we've said this for a long time. We don't have enough Americans. We need immigrants to come in. Not like they bleed now right now on the southern border just running in. That's just ridiculous. Um, but we need to have them. We need to have them here. We need to have them working. They need to become part of the American uh, pie. Uh, we need them to come here and become part of our citizenship. We need them to become citizens and to uh, meld into our fabric. We, we simply flat out need that. We just, just not the way that's going right now, which is just abysmal. 
Let's go to the phone here this morning. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Yeah, this is Alden. Alden, go ahead. Hi, Alden. Thank, hey, you, for, uh, thank you for saving me. <laughs> There's 280,000 government jobs did out last month. That wasn't growth. That's 250,000 invented by the government. Sure. What do you mean invented? Those government jobs were done by the government. Those were jobs that was actually grow. The growth that you guys are saying is wrong. Well, 250000 was from the government. Those are not manufacturing jobs. Look at what is actual reported. You know, all the, one, right, of my favorite the econ- one of my favorite economists actually uh, says something to that. He said, government doesn't create jobs, it creates work. Um, so if you look at jobs, you should simply take the government out of it. Um, yeah, but those jobs are get, people are getting paid, and they're spending their money on stuff. They're spending their money on food and well, lodging. There might be and, some truth and, to that, but uh, but it doesn't. Government jobs don't create anything. They just they're just work. It's, well, you could well, but anything. you're not going to argue that. Uh, maybe you will argue that all of the government jobs are useless jobs that, that do not contribute to the economy or contribute to society. Wait, I'm thinking. Come on. Come on. All right. Uh, there are some, I'm sure there are some people listening There's that some, are shaking their heads going, yes, that's I'll tell true. You what. There are some great people that do in government, work in government because we need them, because they're a service to us. Right. But there are probably three times that that are not. Um, I got to tell you, um, and, and here's a hats off to the Social Security office here in Wausau. Um, love those guys. They do great stuff for our clients, and I hope it. I appreciate them because they do a great service to us all. You know, I, I've got a list somewhere because we talked about this years ago on the program about get rid of, uh, you know, make government smaller, get rid of, of departments, get rid of. And I made a list of the departments, uh, government departments, and we just went over and said, all right, all right, which one do you want to get rid of? I mean, do you want to get rid of the VA? Do you want to get rid of, um, you know, do you want to get rid of the Food and Drug Administration? Do you want to get rid of the people that inspect our food? Do you want to get rid of, you know, NASA? I mean, do you want to get rid of these organizations? Do you want to get rid of the fire department? Do you want to get rid of, you know, all of the stuff? That no, benefits just a us. lot of people in some of them. How's that? Just a lot of people. In some all right, all right. Well, we could, yeah, we could go round and round in circles yeah. with this one, I suppose. Seven one five eight four five twenty one fifty five. We're going to take a break for some news. We'll come back with more. If you have a question for Earl regarding your portfolio, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU. Yeah, military life can have its challenges, but sometimes veteran life brings more. While serving in Iraq, an IED took both my legs, but it didn't take my spirit. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through Grove Point Financial, Member FINRA SIPC, Grove Point Financial, and Kelch and Associates are unaffiliated companies. And folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. And we're back in the studio. I'm Tom King, along with Merle Kelch, Kelch and Associates in Wausau. Phone lines are open, 715-845-2155. I see your close personal friend, uh, Warren Buffett, is having a pretty good year with Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah, he's just having a tough time. He's only up 21% in profit. Is that... I think it's 23% now. Oh, 23%. Another 2% it this quarter. It went up 2% as we were doing this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's that's uh, coming back from a 20% loss last year. So yeah. what's happening with Berkshire Hathaway? That the... Well, a lot of the stuff that they have. I mean, I haven't read the article in its entirety, but 
you think about a lot of the stuff that Warren uh, uh, Buffett has, a lot of it is, is food that we're going to have uh, discretionary spending on. I'm guessing that would be part of it, as well as insurance premiums going up. I don't know about you, Tom, but last year during the uh, the COVID of the pandemic where we're at home, I kept getting checks back from my insurance company because we weren't driving our car anymore, so we're getting discounts. And so I'd, I'd imagine that uh, part of his investments in that same package, well, now people are having to buy insurance as they're moving, driving, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I'd guess all that has to do with where his profits are coming from along the, uh, along the way. Um, you know, there's a, an article in here pops up um, uh, that says, uh, which uh, with investing, one size doesn't fit at all. And so it's talking about your perfect portfolio should incorporate your risk tolerance, habits, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and according to uh, Andrew Lowe and Stephen R. Foster, co-foster of the book called In Pursuit of the Perfect Portfolio. And so in here, when I popped this up, um, I looked at it this morning and said, one investing doesn't fit all. And so it's the questions I have from clients all the time. And then I turned around, I found one on our, our and we, we use uh, marketwatch.com, folks, and we look at our articles for the morning. So we pop it up and an article pops up, says, I'm 39 years old, I'm a single dad, I have $600,000, and I retire at 50. My first response was, keep working. That's how you're going to do it. Because, um, you know, you're, you're not going to have enough money, depending upon where you are at age 50, to be able to, to stay alive, even if your portfolio doubles during that period of time. So I'm looking at this stuff. And Boy, I'm in the, real trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, you live in Wausau. That's the difference. Oh, okay. You know? right. So okay. Um, I, I have folks, I have friends of mine that live in San Francisco. They said, can you believe it? My home just hit a million dollars, and it, the home looks like a bedroom with a bathroom off the side. It's like, how do you live there? My, my goodness, it's just something. But. Um, we look at this, and, and some of the questions we get in the office is, do I have enough money to retire? And and so um, my next question is, how much money do you spend? And people look at me like there's something strange, but it's really the case. You know, we'll have people that have uh, $2 million of assets and are struggling to make it. How, how is that possible? And I'll, you know, I'll just kind of giggle at myself. Well, it's because every possible nickel that they have, they spend plus 5%. Yeah. And we have some people that have 500000 and they're living a great, comfortable retirement because uh you know they they live beyond what their means are and and so we look at this and and so folks if you ever wonder whether or not you have enough to retire know how much you spend first uh then the rest of it becomes relatively easy to be able to calculate that let's go to the phone this morning good morning who are we talking to good morning john this is this is steve hey steve go good ahead morning, steve good morning uh Merle, uh are you familiar with this new look um business uh carnivora there uh, um you can sign up and you will you can mirror the trades that they make hmm. i have not they, no they advertise on uh wsau uh particularly uh, the levin show i just was one curious if you we're aware of them. Run the run the name by me again because you know I'm not a huge Mark Levin fan. But run the run the name by me again. Well, we won't hold that against you, Tom. <laughs> uh, so carn, carn, uh, carnivora. Carnivora. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm unfamiliar with it, so I actually can't even comment on it. But something we'll find out and decide about. Well, not next week. Our good friend Alan is going to do the show this next week, uh, but the week after uh, we'll take a look at it. And the other quick question I had, had for you, Merle. Any uh, thoughts or ideas what slammed gold yesterday? Um, I do not have any idea what slammed gold. I did see that this morning when I looked at the numbers, but I didn't pop any articles that popped up quick to me, so I haven't dug into it why gold dropped. 
Um, my guesstimation would only be is that the jobs number um, made it as though people didn't think we we're having much of a recessionary effect. That would just be my my knee jerk reaction as far as what it was. Okay, and the uh, the, the carnivore uh, deal they guarantee you uh, a certain percentage of profit if you mirror their trades, or they'll give refund your money. Sounds interesting to me. So you're pay, you're paying a you're paying a fee for this service, I would imagine, and and basically you're following their recommendations. Um, right. It's a it's a one time annual fee. One time annual fee, and then you follow their recommendations or do what they're doing, and you are guaranteed a minimum profit. Correct. No, it, it, it sounds as though they said. And I, pardon me, Steve. I said this. They sounds that they gave you a guarantee percentage of whatever the profit was that they said. Is that it? Uh, something to the something to that effect. Okay, you but have I me very intrigued. There's... You have me very intrigued now, Steve. I'm gonna have to look at what. It was. All right, we'll check that it's, out. It thanks sound, it, thanks it for the call. To me, it sounds to me somebody who is almost um, uh, like a newsletter or something of this nature. Well, you're, that's you're yeah, that's what it is, and they're advertising. But you we'll, know. we'll see, uh, Steve. I appreciate it. Um, I'm gonna keep a note of this, and I'll do some work on it, reading on it because I'm intrigued now. Well, I, I was driving home and listening to the Brewer game last night, and then there was an ad for. Uh, Gold. Uh, I think it was the Oxford Gold Fund, and it was your basic pitch. Uh, they will tell you, you know, invest with them, and they'll tell you how to buy gold and how to hold gold. And they may, they may it's, it says it's much easier than you might think it is. And uh, they were talking about not only holding the physical gold, but also the gold ETFs. Um, um, and you've talked about before on the show, you prefer the ETFs because they're easy to deal with, easier right. to deal with than actually the gold bullion. Right. You know, when some of the stuff, with, and we've said so before, the, the ETF, you can actually buy the gold without having to hold it. And the big thing is the, the amount of a, a discount when you sell it in the month of premium. When you buy it, it just kind of kills your rate of return. So if you're going to contend with that, it's easier to do it inside of ETFs. It's just so much uh, simpler to do. That's still a concept that, that boggles my mind, that you have to pay a premium when you buy it and uh, you get charged a premium when you sell it. I mean, I, don't, I just understand how you can get hammered on both ends. It's like buying a house. Uh, same principle. <laughs> I, was, I was looking. He talked about why the gold price plummeted yesterday, and uh, many of the news sites I'm looking at are suggesting that it was because the U.S. employment data beat expectations, and sure. obviously gold is used as a, as a I head. I should do this stuff for a living. <laughs> All right. 715-845-2155 is that our call. I see we have another phone call. Let's go back to the phone. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Yeah, this is Craig. Go ahead. Morning, Craig. Hey, I got a starting social security. What long term? Oh, you're breaking up. You're breaking up. What do you hear me now? Try it. Try it. Yeah, I'm just. No, we can't. You're you're breaking up too much. Try calling back or get into a better uh, cell phone signal range, and we'll try it again. And while we're waiting for that to happen, we'll take a break here. We'll come back. If you have a question from Earl, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU. Now, this day, here's Chris Conley. A college professor wanted to study the dating habits of teenagers on this day, August 7th. Every two minutes, a woman in the U.S. is diagnosed with breast cancer. And in that split second, her life serving my nation. Join us at thanksusa.org. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. 
To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through Grove Point Financial, member FINRA SIPC, Grove Point Financial, and Kelch & Associates are unaffiliated companies. And, folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. We're back in the studio. I'm Tom King, Merle Kelch, Kelch & Associates. Let's go back to the phone here this morning. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Hey, Tom. Uh, it's Steve again. I found that website. It's called GetOurTrade.com. GetOurWhat.com? Trade. Okay. You're, you, you, there's a big... Uh, and then he's got... There's a, there's a big lot, a lot of noise on the line here. I'm going to have to hang up. 715-845-2155. Getyourtrade.com. All right. Well, he's a big fan of Mark Levin and apparently of this website. And uh, maybe you can do some research on it for a future show. Well, a little bit of work. We found one, Steve, uh, called Carnivore Trading. I'm wondering if that was it. Um, but we will take a look and we appreciate the website a great deal. All right. Um, what else do we have to talk about here um, as we head toward nine o'clock and uh, and the polka show is your favorite, I just got your favorite an article part of the on day? Fat guy shorts, which is kind of handle, uh, <laughs> handy. That's what I wear. Um, is that good or bad? I'm not really sure. All right. So yes, I'm turning here. I got something. We'll talk about something. Here's something fun. I got to kick. Well, I, out. I know what I wanted to ask you about today. Apple. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw the news this week. Apple apparently has a new algorithm that is going to look at your pictures. It can actually go on your phone and look at your iPhone and your iCloud account, and it will look at your pictures to make sure you do not have pictures of uh, sexual assault of minors that you are not you know, you're not looking at child porn. And if in Note fact to if, <laughs> if in fact they find it, they will turn it over to the authorities. So the privacy of uh, an iPhone, I guess I didn't even know that they had the capability of doing that, going into individual iPhones or iCloud accounts and, and looking at stuff, even if it's password protected, apparently. First of all, you know, if you're trafficking child porn, I, I think you we hope you get caught. And yeah, we, that's right. Absolutely. Um, but at the same time, I really don't like that intrusiveness. That's just not is, is that is that going to be uh, problematic for Apple and Apple stock? Be, I think this is going to be a lawsuit coming up because if they're going to do that, what's next? Is he going to start looking for uh, Trump signs or Biden signs and then uh, selling data based upon that? Is it going to be based upon, okay, you uh, um, have a whole bunch of pictures of, of uh, trains. So Once again, though, it's a, it, just being devil's advocate for a moment, it's a, it's a private company, and I'm sure that they put in their, their list of rules and regulations, which, of course, none of us read. We just click on agree, mm -hmm. uh, that they put in there that they have the right to do this. And we, we agree to it without even reading their list of rules and regulations. You know, I'm, I'm a private company, but I can't sell the data for my clients. It's illegal. Because there are already laws and rules in place to Correct. stop that from happening. And so there should be here as well. You know, we have the HEPA rules that are out there, and I think it should be for these I don't, they're, they're, I don't think they're selling the data. They're actually giving the data to law enforcement so they can bust these people. It's, it's like the government. They get a foot in, then it's the ankle, then it's the leg, then it's the knee. Then they go up, and pretty soon they're all into your business. I, I just I don't think that it's – I don't like – I like where they're going with it, but I don't like, I think, how it ends. Sort of like we, you know, we go through, and in, in, in my, my examples of this is if we go through Larry Flint. Now, most people think, well, Larry Flint, okay, publisher of – of a uh, hustler and all this sort of stuff. You know, he's a, he's a scum to society. I, I don't care if one believes that or not believes that, but what he did is he went through and he took on the U S government. So we had the right to free speech because here we want. And so from that, I applaud what he's done. And he did simply said that, you know, the government is going too much to censor what we say and how we're doing things. And I think this almost goes to that same point. 
So if Apple now is censoring the pictures and why they're doing it, I don't have any issue with. Uh, but if they're doing it for one thing, what do they do? What's next? What's next? What's, what's next? And I think there has to be some sort of a privacy in that. If a person is suspected of doing something wrong, well, fantastic. Um, they should be arrested and held up uh, uh, as uh, justice should. But well, this, to me, least, almost, this, this, to me, this almost seems like it's... At least to uh, have probable cause and get a warrant. Uh, yeah, and for probable cause because you have a, a, a picture on your phone. So, so if I'm some sort of a weirdo and I send you a picture, Tom, and now uh, you get busted... Does that mean you're a, uh, yeah. a pedophile? Hmm. And so I think there's a slippery slope in the middle of this. And it also makes me think that I need to go back to taking my pictures off the phone and just stick them in a computer someplace. Which I'm sure can be found as well anyway. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about uh, Robinhood. I know one of your favorite subjects right after cryptocurrency is Robinhood. And uh, they went public, of course, and they had an up and down week and a uh, full week of trading up more than 55%. They didn't have the first day bounce that new uh, IPOs usually well, they get. they dropped but, 8%. Yeah, yeah but uh, apparently uh, uh, their shares are up uh, 55% for the week. Um, and we thought when, when they were having all of these problems uh, a while back with GameStop and all that, that uh, it was they had a problematic future. But apparently uh, they're out there and they're going to be around. Know, Tom, something to me just stinks about this. Now, here's my reason. Okay, so a company comes up with an IPO. They have a product or service that's working really well. Um, uh, everything's fully disclosed. They know how it's going on. First of all, Robinhood says they don't cost anything. Folks, they do. They're making arrangements with other companies, and they're making profits. They're selling you additional things when you're on their when you're on their side doing trading. You know, they want to know if you want to use this bank or this product, et cetera, whatever the case may be. So they're making money for that. So they're making profit from you and your information and data. It's already been noted that they were selling information and data to other firms that they collect of yours. So that being said, they got fined because they were doing some things wrong. They shut off trading when it came to GameStop and other stuff, and so they were fined heavily in that. Um, so that uh, you know seems doesn't mean they, well. It seems like their drive is just always to go public. So now they go public. Uh, they have the drive down eight percent, and magically they all of a sudden drive up some fifty eight percent or fifty percent, as you said, over the course of the next couple of days. Um, and now they're selling more shares right away too. Something stinks about this. Um, it's, it's not. It's, it's not right. It's not. Something's doing something. There's some manipulation or something going on. Jim Cramer says they're a buy. Your old buddy Jim Cramer. I, you know, I like the idea that they're doing, but I think there's something going on in here. Just my 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 gut feeling. It's a company that is. It's interesting. It's a company that's aiming its business model at younger investors. As yeah, and with people investing this way, I have no problem with it. It just isn't like this company's a little shady to me. It's, uh, it's, um, and, and we've talked about other companies that have done this before, trying to upset the usual way of doing business, trying to up, you know, they're basically, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're trying to be outliers compared to the, the regular way of doing business, or they're trying to invent a new way of business as usual. Yeah. Um, and there are other companies out there and other. There's nothing wrong with innovation. Um, I just, there's something wrong with this. It doesn't seem like they're fully disclosed. It's just my opinion. All right. What else is on your uh, on your wavelength here before we finish up? Anything you've heard from your, right. your clients? How much time in we, in got? In in we got? We got about three or four minutes. Um, what do you hear from your clients with all of this volatility going on and, and the market going up and then the market going down and all of that? I mean, it's a usual thing, but uh, do people get kind of uh, seasick when they're on that roller coaster no, ride? What's, what's interesting to me, though, I just saw this article. It was kind of funny. Where should you retire? Think about your location risk. And it has rains, fire, and floods. You know, so 
Well, I cer- certainly, <laughs> I think you do have to uh, you do have to consider climate change in your retirement plans. If you're especially if you're looking at you know living on an island or living in a coastal area or living in a place that is susceptible to fires. I mean, the, the Western United States um, right now is uh, is problematic, isn't it? If it's you're the good Lord clearing out the bad. I see. Is um, that what it is? Okay. I'm really happy in Wisconsin. That's my whole point. Today, I guess is this. Um, so you know, one of the biggest things that we're having right now is is trading. So we have clients that are going in back and forth inside of trading. And, and so as well as we saw in some of the stuff and maybe a carnivore that Steve was talking about a little bit earlier is about this. Um, I've seen in my career so many times in a you know, 30-year span of this, when the stock market keeps going up, everybody says, well, I don't need to uh, list anybody. I can do it by myself because you can just buy something and it goes up. And so when people are in that frenzy, they get excited about the stock market going up. And so we're seeing the same with the clients. I want to buy this stock because it's going to be a great stock. Look how much it went up last year in the last year and a half. Well, so did everything else. Well, doesn't and everybody, so everybody th- becomes a stock trader? Isn't everybody though uh, know about the, the line uh, past performance is no prediction of future yeah, they events? Don't that, yeah, just like when you sign the disclosure. They don't believe that they don't believe it or they don't pay attention. Yeah. Okay. And so, so what's interesting about this is that um, it always reminds me back to uh, what have been about the mid '90s or so, uh, maybe 2000, somewhere in that neighborhood where says, you know, I don't, I can do it by myself. Um, I don't need any advisors, I don't need anybody to help me. And then people forgot what it was. And then so it had day traders and it had a pictures of them on the milk cartons. Remember from the old days, you know, uh, wanted, you know, the day traders on the milk cartons. Um, and it, it's sometimes we're getting some of that. We have a whole bunch of our clients that we have to talk them out of doing trades. And it sounds crazy, but you'll have somebody who has a huge concentration inside of an individual stock and it's one up. And so they want to go through and start buying more stock. And, and as an advisor, what you do, you look at it and say, all right, your, your risk parameters are, are going crazy. We should probably sell a little bit of this, take a little bit of profit because your your risks are, are going nuts. Um, and they just want to keep buying more. And so we have to try to talk them out of ruining their portfolio in case something happens with that stock uh, to make sure they're properly diversified. And, and we're seeing a lot of that stuff going on right now as well as people saying, well, just I'm just going to you know, open up an account and start doing some trades on my own. Oh, okay, all right. Um, so so it's, it's a big thing in there. So. Uh, Greed jumps on their head and they forget the buy low, sell high mantra. Yeah, it's it's a difficult thing, and so then the market goes down. And it's like, what happened? You know, oh, you know. So, um, uh, so watch that, folks. You know, I always recommend that if you want to buy a stock, one, know what the product is. You know, what what is it that they buy and sell? Understand what it is they buy and sell. That's so you have an idea to to watch the news if it, it's going to affect you. Uh, secondly, go online, look at the financials of the company. You know, look at what the math is. And so that's the biggest thing you have to look at for an individual stock. All right, we're out of time today. I, I want you to go and uh, talk to Merle this week and ask him about Robinhood and cryptocurrency, his two favorite topics, all right? How do they get a hold of you if they want to do that? If we're going to talk about those, call Tom's phone. I'll give you the number on here. Um, folks, you can get a hold of us, 3rd Avenue and Bridge Street in Wausau. Stop out in for a cup of coffee. Hello, say hello, say hi, kick the tires. Um, give us a call locally at 715-849-3600 or outside of the Wasa area at 866-355-5100, or find us online at kelchnassociates.com. All right, Alan Halcom will be here next week on the program. Talk to you in a couple of weeks, I guess. See you, buddy. And we've got the news. The polka show's down the way. Brewer baseball tonight. The Brewers and Giants from American Family Field pregame show at 535. Introducing the